Hello, and welcome to the Business with Beers podcast. This is the first episode in a new weekly series called Franchise Fridays. Every Friday, I'm going to have an episode dedicated to the world of franchising. For those who don't know, my family has been in the franchise business for over 45 years, and I've personally been in this business for over a decade. My brother and I took our family franchise auto repair business and grew it from six locations to now 30. A lot of people think that buying a franchise means buying yourself a job. But the truth is you can make a franchise business as big or as small as you want. For some people, they are perfectly happy having a franchise be you know, supplemental to their W-2 or to replace their job or to build you know, a pretty big business. Uh, or in my case, you know, we've scaled our business to employ over 200 people, and now it generates $36 million a year uh, in sales. So it can be as big as you want it to be. And while I have had a lot of success, I've also made a lot of mistakes over the last you know, 10 to 12 years. We bought into other franchise concepts that ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, which created a tremendous amount of stress in my personal life. And I'm going to do my best to teach you everything that I've learned so that you don't make the same mistakes. And one of the best ways that you can accelerate your growth as a franchisee is to surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs who are just a couple steps ahead of you or kind of right where you're at. And for those of you with W-2 jobs and they're looking to buy a franchise, you need a confidential community to ask questions, you know, look at different concepts and get support. It's not like you can post anything on LinkedIn or Twitter without raising some red flags uh, with your current uh, boss. So to help, I'm launching a free private community to help people get started on their journey to build wealth through franchising. So if you're interested in joining, go to brianbeers.com slash community to learn more about this, brianbeers.com slash community. You know, most of these franchise episodes are going to be 10 to 15 minute deep dives into a single concept. I will also be placing my interviews with franchisees and franchisors in this series. So some of the things we're going to talk about is how to select a brand. You know, there's over 4,000 different franchises out there. And so it's a lot of work and it's super important to narrow that down to just a handful that meet your criteria, whether it's, you know, you want a certain amount of time commitment being semi absentee versus, Hey, you're all in. There's certain amount of, um, people like you want to work with those low skill or like high skill. Do you want to work in a business has recurring revenue or is it sales based? Is it retail? Is it service? You know, there's, Anything you want, there's probably a brand out there that can fit your needs. And so I'm going to talk about the process I would use to go about kind of narrowing all that list down. I'm going to talk about legacy versus emerging brands and the pros and cons uh, of each one of them. Talk about how to find a franchise to buy, right? There's tons of different ways out there. And I'm going to talk about some of the best. Then we're going to talk about once you're in the franchise, how do you go about rolling them up? So you start with one, two, three. How do you get to four, five, six, seven? How do you get to 30? How do you get to 100? We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how do you use owner financing within a franchise? So instead of going to a bank, the seller loans you the money to buy his own business. It's an amazing thing that I've had tremendous success with. 
Uh, we're gonna do multiple episodes on what's called the FDD or the franchise disclosure document, which is a 200 to 500 page uh, legal document that can in part be a snooze fest, but it also has some like very important information in there that you have to know. Uh, so we're gonna go through all that. And I'm gonna do some franchise business breakdowns. So I'm gonna take a franchise concept and do an honest review based on that FDD, based on the franchisees that I know. We're gonna talk about how much money they make, what the unit growth is, you know, what the business model is, and overall kind of my my thoughts on it. And so if there's any specific topic or brand you'd like me to dive into, shoot me a message. LinkedIn or Twitter would be where you'd find me. My links are gonna be in the show notes, but it's just at Brian Beers. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. And I'll do my best to address the questions and the answers here on the podcast or one-on-one, whatever makes more sense. So today, I want to talk about franchising 101. Like, what is franchising? So it's critical to understand, right? There's really two parties involved. You've got the franchisor who we can think of as the visionary, right? They are the ones who've had this vision for this concept, whether it's a, a mold remediation company or a doggy poop pickup company or like a carpet cleaning company or a sandwich company or a home insulation company or you name it. Someone's had a vision of a brand with a specific problem that they were going to solve and something that makes them unique, right? Because if if it, if there's nothing unique about it, the franchise concept doesn't have much value to you. Like if, if you could go out there and just start a competing business within a few weeks like, why do you need the franchisor? Why do you need to pay an upfront fee? Why do you need to pay royalties? Right. If if it's a low barrier entry and there's no secret sauce, then it's not the best thing to buy. And so do you really want to know like what is the concept? What is the secret sauce? And that's their job is to create it, find the opportunity, solve the problem, and make it special. And you, as the franchisee, you're the operator, right? So you're the one who can get the playbook from the franchisor and you can go and execute. They're going to say, if you want to make a lot of money, you're going to do X, you're going to do Y, you're going to Z, and here's the playbook, this, 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 and this. And you're going to go out there and follow their instructions and follow their game plans because they're the ones that laid the foundation. And as the franchisee, it's our job to then go and execute it. And so... To break it down a little further, I want to look at one of the most iconic franchise brands in the world, which is McDonald's. So as the franchisor, you know, their responsibilities are to employ chefs in test kitchens to create new products that are going to taste great, that can be, you know, made uh, with pr- profitably and quickly with their existing equipment and like, you know, meet all these criteria. They have, they have a whole team of chefs that do that, right? They have a marketing team. Who creates the ad? They create the brand. They they test different price points to see you know where customers see the most value from. And they're going to make those recommendations to you. They are going to work to source and negotiate contracts with suppliers. So they're going to work with food suppliers and farms and the different suppliers for paper products and you know cleaning supplies and f- drinks and and all that stuff. They're going to have a real estate department who's going to help scout new locations. They're going to have thir- work with third-party civil engineers to help make sure you get all the permits and all this stuff. And then they're going to have a construction team that's going to go out and actually build the building. And then they're going to have other engineers who are going to be in-house to develop the most efficient processes, whether that is, how do we get the most amount of people through our drive through at a time? How do we cook the food in the most efficient manner 
that you know is del- is timely, delivers on you know the consistent quality, and is profitable, right? So like they're the ones who are going to invest into the robots that create all this, you know, the flip burgers and create French fries and pizzas or whatever else, like because their job is kind of on that development in the 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 engineering and, and all the creative stuff, like that is their responsibility to then provide for their franchisees. As a franchisee, your role is to take the playbook that McDonald's has written and execute on it. So you're going to do that, but you're going to hiring good people who fit your culture, who want to be part of the team. You're going to then spend a lot of time training those people to follow the process that McDonald's has laid out. You are going to make sure that you are delivering excellent customer service, that your places are clean and that you're, you're met to the food FDA standards, right? And you're going to create this culture that minimizes turnover. And you're going to want to create a culture that people can rise within it, that you can hire somebody as a cashier and then they move their way up to, you know, a cook and then an assistant manager and then a manager. And then you never know, maybe you own multiple locations and then your best people now rise to be your general manager. And that creates a tremendous amount of loyalty when people see that you know they can start at any position in your company and that you know everybody wants to grow. And rather than having to leave and find a new job, that if if they're a shining star, that they can grow within your organization. Uh, that's how you develop an awesome culture with low turnover and people that want to be there and they want to win and they want to add value. And the more success you have and the bigger your world gets you know, the more opportunities that you will create for the people who live in your world. And so that leads to the classic question of if franchisors have written this playbook and they know what to do, why not just do it all themselves, right? Why not keep all the money and not have to, you know, only get a tiny percentage of it? Well, it comes down to a couple things. Number one is that local ownership of a business is 100% more effective than corporate ownership. And a local owner just cares more. They're going to hire better people. They're going to train better people. It's their money on the line. It's their reputation. And they're, they're just going to do a better job at most places than corporate ownership. Now, and there's other cases that you know it makes sense for a corporate, right? Your Walmart, your Target, your big retailer uh, that has lots of buying power, lots of payroll you know, to invest in, in, in building these big teams, you know, they do all right. But for a lot of these smaller you know, businesses, they need local ownership. And it allows them to, the franchisor, to scale very quickly because they're shifting the workload and capital investments to the franchisees. So you want to build out 100 locations, right? At $300,000 a pop, you need to raise a couple, you know, multiple millions of dollars. Instead, you shift that, that capital investment of $300,000 per location to a franchisee who then uses their own money, raises money, goes to the SBA, whatever they do. And that, allows the franchisor then to focus on you know training and support and you know the real estate side of it and things that aren't capital intensive right it's kind of the shift of risk in a sense where they're shifting the franchisor is shifting the risk to you as the franchisee uh, but then for them they're sh- they they have the risk of you know they need to develop this concept they need to hire great trainers. They need to do excellent due diligence on their franchisees to make sure they have partnered with the right people. Because from the franchisor's perspective, if they sell a franchise to somebody who is the wrong person and runs the thing into the ground and creates just 
you know, extra work and creates bad reputation. And maybe it leads to a lawsuit where the franchisee is suing the franchisor because it didn't perform the way they thought it would. And then they have to report all of this stuff in their FDD that every future franchisee uh, gets to read through. And so like for the franchise ors, it's like a critical step and it's, you know, you don't like you don't buy. I mean, in a sense, you buy a franchise, but the real truth of it is you get awarded the franchise like you earn it and that they have to want to do business with you just as much as you want to do business with them. And that's why I come back to saying it's a partnership. It's really a partnership between two parties who have distinct responsibilities. The visionary, create the ideas, know what the new concepts are, look at you know a couple steps ahead and develop the playbooks. And then the franchisees who are the operators who go out and then execute the playbook. They can stay down and in, focus on profitability, focus on driving sales, and the franchisor can have their heads up and around the corner, see what the macro trends are, and make sure that everybody in the system is prepared for it. So that's part of the responsibilities and the different parties. And then for the franchisee, you know, what do you get? Well, you get a business in a box. So you have no need to go and invent a new product. You don't have to go find a new problem to solve. You don't have to create a new concept or create a brand. Like if you like doing all that stuff, you like creating new products, you like inventing, you like going out and finding a problem and coming up with a solution, tinkering with it, like all this stuff, then buying a franchise is probably not a good fit for you. But if you're like me, just show me how to make money. Just tell me what to do. And I'm pretty good at following instructions. I'm pretty good at hiring the team and motivating them. And like, maybe I'll take your playbook and maybe I might find a couple tweaks that I can do that I can make it a little bit better. And then I can share it back to you and you can share it with all the other franchisees. Right? Like if, if that's you, then the business in a box model is an awesome fit because they're going to give you the process guides. They're going to tell you, this is what you need to do. This is how you sell it. This is how you price it. This is how you overcome the objections. This is how you bill it. This is how you do accounts payable. This is how you build a team, right? Like all the things you're going to need to know, there's going to be someone on your side in this box to help you with it. And this allows you to focus 95% of your time on hiring great people, firing when when they're the wrong people, driving sales, training process, creating the culture, and driving profitability. So like if you like building great teams, selling stuff and making money, like franchise ownership is probably a great fit for you. And you can let the franchisor in most cases they're going to handle the website, the marketing, the branding, the lead generation, doing search engine optimization, getting media buys to be on TV and Hulu and all this crap. Like, I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. I mean, I care about it, but I don't want to spend my time on that because this is not my skill set. Like, I want to leverage and invest my time where I shine. And where I shine is in sales process, hiring great people, creating culture, driving profitability. And so I can invest 95% of my time into that. And I will be happy to pay 5% of my sales, which is what it is, to go to the ad fund to let someone else handle all that stuff. Give me the leads and then let me work on the process to maximize the leads. That's why I love it. And so owning a franchise may not sound cool, you know, and that it may not impress your friends, your neighbors compared to, oh, I got this new startup or I got this software company or I'm like building this fund or whatever it is. But franchise ownership has the ability to change your life. It, it has changed my dad's life and my uncle's life and my, my life, my brother's life. Like, 
And it can change yours too. Because buying a franchise puts you in the fast lane. It allows you to grow quickly because you've got this business in a box. You've got this network. You've got this support. And we're going to talk a lot on this podcast series about the fast lane and how if buying a franchise will accelerate your growth or has the ability to accelerate your growth if you choose to. And so if you want to join me in the fast lane, you can start by taking the first step today, which is to join my free franchise community. You go to brianbeers.com slash community to learn more. Again, brianbeers.com slash community. So I hope to see a lot of people there. And until next time, cheers. That's all we got for this episode with the Business with Beers podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is to rate the show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with me on your preferred social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. Please just share the podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions others won't to live the life that others don't. 